everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, guys, today you have to stick around for this reading. We are going to be tracking the king or kings of Judah that seem to be doing okay, as well as the kings of Israel that seem to be doing not okay (laughs) at all. Um, I think there are like two kings in Judah and then there's like 500 kings in Israel every other month or something. Six. Uh, <laughs> today we are looking at 2 Kings 15 as well as 2 Chronicles 26. You should stick around for the reading. Um, as we're reading over these chapters, what do you think? Uh, I definitely noticed the same things you were talking about earlier. It's just like bad king after bad king after bad king for Israel. Um it de- like, there was one that I even feel like we read about. Yeah. Uh, Shal- Shalom, S-H-A-L-L-U-M. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I heard this and I was just like, oh, man. Like, their uh, turnover rate is quite insane. Uh, but this guy said. <laughs> their turnover rate. <laughs> he said, he or it says about him, he reigned one month. One month. We're now, re- we're now measuring kingdoms in months. Yeah, like that is crazy. It's kind of like those like celebrity marriages, you know? Like that's what it reminds me oh of. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like ca- keeping track to see how long it's going to last. But it's crazy. Like so we're kind of establishing some some good guys going here in Judah. Uh but unfortunately, like the rest of God's people, they're just like they're falling off falling to the wayside. The northern kingdom is of Israel is just like <clears throat> struck with chaos it Mm -hmm. seems like but what is bringing that on like what are the things that is it just like just super poor leadership that just keeps following after bad things like so the the kind of the key theme in kings and chronicles is that the lord prospered men who obeyed the lord and the lord brought chaos to men and kingdoms who did not fear the lord and so like if i mean we could talk about that theme every single day but you see here in Israel that there there have been some assassinations that we've read about. But here in one chapter, there's what, like four or five assassinations? Well, I have a question, though. Yeah. So, like, in the past, there have been a lot of instances of prophets coming in and saying, you're the king, you're the next one, right? There have yeah, been like, many instances like being anointed. That, and, but yeah. it's not always the case. Why is that a thing? Well, a lot of times, I mean... The, the overarching covenant is that God is going to be faithful to David's, David's line. David's line, right. And that is happening in Judah. And the text even calls that out sometimes. That's why it calls out specifically like he slept with his fathers. Like he, yeah. he walked like his father David. You'll notice that in Israel, um, a lot of times what the text calls out is that they did the same things as their father Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And so yeah. th- that is like almost like an establishing shot that is like, this is wicked. This wickedness started with Jeroboam all the way back when he split off from Solomon, and it is remaining to this day. There's brief little glimpses of like, well, maybe they're going to listen to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, they're not. And it, it, it there is chaos because of it. Um, there's a lot of death. I mean, here, in, in like I was saying, in one chapter in 2 Kings, um, was it 15, mm-hmm. um, there are so many assassinations, just one group of people rising up and killing off the king. Um, you can only do that when your nation is weak to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, by contrast, you can see that in Second Chronicles, Uzziah is 
growing in fame and growing in people who are fearing him because he is a powerful king. Um, so because he's a powerful king, he has a little bit more protection. People are more in favor of him. You get the feeling that there is some kind of peace in Judah, but relative chaos in Israel. Well, it's interesting, too. Every time they mention a new king in Israel, it like the very first sentence is, well, in this year of the king of Judah's rule, this person started taking over. However, it's interesting that that crazy guy, Shalom, it says uh, he began to reign in the 39th year of Uzziah. So why do they keep flipping back and forth between? Well, they're Azar? they're measuring off of Uzziah because he was king. Well, no, for... they're measuring off of Azariah and for all the other ones. Oh, okay. Uzziah just kind of flops in, in well, between. Well, Uzziah, they probably switched to who was king then, maybe. Yeah, but why would they go out of order? That's kind of weird. I'm not sure. Um, we are getting close, just so you all know. The northern kingdom is going to be carried into exile in 722, and the last that's Israel. That correct. The last king that we read about today in Second Kings in Israel was Pekah. And Pekah, there's <laughs> only Pekah. Pekah. There's only one more king after him. So Pekah, Pekah, he reigned from about 740 BC to 732 BC. And they were carried into exile in 722. So there's only 10 years left of the northern kingdom of Israel. Yikes. Well, I mean, it, it shows. It's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, just like, I think, be done with it already. <laughs> I do think that relative chaos, they're getting weaker and weaker. They are destroying their own leaders. They're destroying their own people. And that Shalom guy's like ripping open pregnant women. Yep. Like, what the world? Yep. What is happening? And very soon, Syria is just going to be like, all right, we're getting these jokers out of here. We're taking this over. Mm-hmm. So the northern kingdom basically ends in 722, and... 2 Kings 15 takes us almost to 732. So there's only a 10-year window left. The southern kingdom in Judah sticks around till 586. So there's going to come a point in the text here where we follow, like, Israel is carried away. They don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And Judah is continuing on. Exile. Yeah. Burr, burr, burr. So with all that being said, there is some interesting things going on in Judah at the same time. They are like pretty clear opposites. Like Israel is really struggling. Yeah. Judah seems to be prospering. And Judah is like one of the tribes, it's, right? It's is that how kind of two. Out? It's kind of two because it's um, Benjamin is sort of there, but Benjamin is sort of shaky because of what happened at the end of Judges. But if you think about that, that's so crazy. That's two of the 12. Correct. The rest are all just completely fallen. That's so nuts. Yep. Oh, man. Anyway, so we get to Second Chronicles 26, and we dig really, well, a lot more deeply than we have for other kings into Uzziah and his reign. And so it starts off really strong. It's like, dang, this is really great. I'm a little, like, concerned with the fact that he's a 16-year-old king. I don't know what it is with all these really young kings, but we'll go with it. So he's 16 years old. Um, He takes the throne and he's actually like, he becomes super prosperous. He's like very strong. He's making a lot of like military decisions that are epic. (laughs) He also had a very key, like faithful advisor in Zechariah. Mm -hmm. So you can see in chapter 26, verse five, he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. It's very similar to um, Jehoiada and Joash. Yeah, I was just going to say that reminds me of those two J names. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
But what's cool about this, <clears throat> excuse me, is that um, this reminds me, like, it gives me a lot of David vibes. Like, I'm feeling like we're doing some callbacks to, yeah. like, God is just allowing David to overcome all these foes. And that's exactly what's happening with Uzziah. Uh, verse 7 of chapter 26 says, God helped against the Philistines and against the Arabians. Um even verse eight, the Ammonites paid tribute to him and his fame spread all the way to the borders of Egypt and he became very strong. So like he is well known to be like this super prosperous king. Um, and it just it's it's exciting and it feels like, OK, good. They're like on the right track. And then you like you read the little subtitle that's been added in verse 16 and it says Uzziah's pride and punishment. And it's just like, oh, man. I thought we were doing really well. And I mean, I guess like humanity, it is what it is. But it's such a shame that like pride is what ends up killing this guy. Like and literally. It's no small thing. He marches into the holiest part of the temple and the priests have to like form an army against him to keep him out. The whole time I'm just thinking, stay in your lane, dude. <laughs> just stay in your lane. You are not a priest. So it is a wild shift. Like, you need to keep in mind that this text make it, makes it seem like just one day he woke up and decided to be prideful. Right. But I'm sure it was a slow descent. I mean, what is interesting, and we've seen this over and over and over, and it probably is really applicable to our lives today. Um, the more successes you have, the more fame that you gain, the more susceptible you become to pride, which causes you to do very strange <laughs> things right and i think the key word in the verse where it like kind of alludes to this new like turn of events for uzziah is in verse 16 it says he grew proud so this is like an ongoing thing like he became strong and he grew proud so like that wasn't just something like you said that just like switched off and on you start to like do weird things you like think of yourself in like different ways and like to the point where god literally said these men are going to be my priests on whom, like, they will, like, take the responsibility to come into the, the tabernacle or, well, the temple, I guess, the temple at, this at this point. point yeah. um, to do the work of, like, the priests. And that is no one else's job but theirs. And there are consequences for those who do otherwise. And he's just like, well, whatever. Like, I don't really care, God. I'm just going to do what I want because I'm the best. And the pride really did, unfortunately, go to his head. I'd love to know the finer details of what caused him to think he should do this. Yeah. I mean, how many times do people fall into these types of scenarios where pride just like completely consumes them? And I would think he would be aware of some of those older stories. I think about Nadab and Abihu that offered strange fire to the Lord. Uh, they, they were priests, but the way that they were offering fire was bizarre. And God literally killed them on the spot. Well, what's also crazy about this, too, is if you look at verse um, 19, it says, Then Isaiah was angry. So he became angry because the priests are coming in after yeah. him saying, You need to get out of here. Well, the authority so, like, is going to his head for I, sure. I think what's interesting is that only in that moment when he became angry with the priests. So, like, the king who was put in charge of the people is angry with people who are being obedient to God. So, like... Like, that weird, like, power or authority trip yeah. is what, like, God actually became angry with him then. I was like, no, you're not going to treat my people who are obeying me in this way because you are, like, over them in power. And that is the moment 
where leprosy just like forms on his forehead. Feels and like he... a Indiana Jones moment. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. But it makes a lot of sense though too. Like you can't just abuse power because you feel like you are better than everybody else, including God. Uh, what's interesting is that the leprosy causes him to have to live outside the house. Mm-hmm. And so God literally cut him off from his presence. Yep. And then there's like a, I don't know, like a prime minister that raises up in his place because he's not able to be a king anymore because he can't be around people. Jotham, his son. Yeah. So, man, pride comes before a fall. This dude goes marching into the temple and literally quickly after that very terrible decision, he's not a king anymore. And he's living in some kind of side house um, that, you know. That's a bummer. I think the the last person that had to be hidden in a side house, wasn't that like the Queen of Sheba or something? Mm. Or no, no, it was um, it was Solomon's Egyptian wife. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she couldn't live in the house of the Lord. <laughs> she was so it here in here in Judah, actually. Um, so as far as your parts for today, Jenny, what do you have for us? I think Uzziah's situation is definitely what we need to really take away from this because it pride is not unique to people who have like immense amounts of authority and control over situations like that can happen to anybody. Um, in like small ways in like day to day, whatever kind of relationships you have with other people. And it can happen obviously to people who have a lot of power and authority. So I think pride is one of those things that we talk about a lot, but if unchecked, it can be a really terrible, awful, um, just kind of rut to get in, um, to the point where, you know, like the Lord is literally punishing Isaiah for this. So I would say today, just like really check your heart for any situations that you may come into today where pride could potentially just sneak in, um, and potentially just like grow into something that would be like pretty terrible in the long run. So just like really check your heart, remember this story today. Um, and hopefully it encourages you to kind of overcome those situations and really humble yourself for what the Lord, uh, would like to do in your life. Um, when you have your eyes fully fixed on him and not yourself. So thanks for joining us. We will see you back again tomorrow. Second Kings 15. In the 27th year of Jeroboam king of Israel, Azariah the son of Amaziah the king of Judah began to reign. He was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. And the Lord touched the king, so that he was a leper to the day of his death. And he lived in a separate house. And Jotham the king's son was over the household, governing the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Azariah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Jotham his son reigned in his place. In the thirty-eighth year of Azariah king of Judah, Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria six months, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck him down at Ibium, and put him to death and reigned in his place. 
Now the rest of the deeds of Zechariah, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. This was the promise of the Lord that he gave to Jehu, Your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it came to pass. Shalom the son of Jabesh began to reign in the thirty-ninth year of Uzziah the king of Judah, and he reigned one month in Samaria. Then Menahim the son of Gadi came up from Tirzah and came to Samaria, and he struck Shalom the son of Jabesh in Samaria and put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Shalom and the conspiracy that he made, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. At that time Menahem sacked Tipsah and all that were in it and its territory from Tirzah on, because they did not open it to him. Therefore he sacked it and ripped open all the women in it who were pregnant. In the thirty-ninth year, Azariah the king of Judah, Menahem the son of Gadi began to reign over Israel, and he reigned ten years in Samaria. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And he did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. Pul, the king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver, that he might help him to confirm his hold on the royal power. Menahem exacted the money from Israel, that is, from all the wealthy men, fifty shekels of silver from every man, to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. Now the rest of the deeds of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Menahem slept with his fathers, and Pekiah his son reigned in his place. In the fiftieth year of Azariah king of Judah, Pekiah the son of Menahem began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned two years, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. And Pekah the son of Remaliah, his captain, conspired against him with fifty men and the people of Gilead, and struck him down in Samaria, in the citadel of the king's house, with Argob and Aria. He put him to death and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the deeds of Pekiah, and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. In the fifty-second year of Azariah king of Judah, Pekah the son of Remaliah began to reign over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned twenty years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came and captured Ejon, Abel-Bath-Maka, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried the people captive to Assyria. Then Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and struck him down and put him to death and reigned in his place, in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel. In the second year of Pekah the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was twenty-five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Nevertheless, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In those days the Lord began to send Rezin the king of Syria, and Pekah the son of Remaliah against Judah. 
Jotham slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. Second Chronicles 26 And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah, after the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was sixteen years old when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty-two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of the Lord, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. He went out and made war against the Philistines, and broke through the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabna, and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities in the territory of Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gruabel, and against the Mennonites. The Ammonites paid tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread even to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the angle, and fortified them. And he built towers in the wilderness and cut out many cisterns, for he had large herds, both in the Shepaliah and in the plain. And he had farmers and vine dressers in the hills, in the fertile lands, and he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of soldiers fit for war, in divisions according to the numbers of the muster made by Jael, the secretary of Masiah, the officer, under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's commanders. The whole number of the heads of the father's houses of mighty men of valor was 2,600. Under the command was an army of 307,500, who could make war with mighty power, to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and stones for slinging. In Jerusalem he made machines, invented by skillful men, to be on the towers and the corners, to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped, till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah the priest went in after him, with eighty priests of the Lord who were men of valor. And they withstood King Uzziah, and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and when he became angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests and in the house of the Lord, by the altar of incense. And Azariah the chief priests and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous on his forehead. And they rushed him out quickly, and he himself hurried to go out, because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from first to last, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, wrote, And Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers, in the burial field that belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. And Jotham his son reigned in his place. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. 
Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.